Hey guys, welcome to another episode of True Crimes and Weird Times. I'm Kim. And I'm Ashley. And today we're going to be talking about topas. Are they simply an advanced version of imaginary friends or are they something more? Kim, everybody, one, Kim is going to absolutely hate this episode. She's going to pick it apart, so get ready. Oh, I can't wait. This is one of those where, like, you're going to have to stretch your belief a little bit. I'm not good at that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see what happens, everybody. So to begin, what exactly is a tulpa? Now, a tulpa is a being that can gain sentience from just a mere thought Okay, so I'm already thinking yep. of that one supernatural episode <laughs> where they're posting about the ghost and he becomes real. That's it. That's okay. you got it. All right. So more easily explained is that a person or a tulpamancer with enough focus and thought can bring a sentient being to life. Okay. With just their mind. Okay. Now this is not in the physical realm typically. Let's put it at that. Let's put it that way. Um, it's just created by the imagination using visualization tactics. It's it's a practice, and we'll get into that too. Okay. <laughs> but these beings are sentient, meaning they have their own thoughts, they have their own ideas, mannerisms, feelings. They have their own memories, personality traits, feelings. Like it's like a it's like another person. But it's all in the host's head. Uh, so it's an imaginary friend. Um, is it? Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> is it imaginary friends or is it psychosis? Or is it just creating a tulpa? I think it's imaginary friends. <laughs> Here's a few options where tulpas could you know, fit in, but they don't quant. So let's talk about it. So imaginary friends, that's that's going to be everybody's first thought. It was definitely mine. Right. That these are common for children. They often help in social and emotional development for children between the ages of 3 and 11. You know, most of the time, children understand that these friends aren't real, but they often come up with stories and games with these imaginary friends to work out real-life problems. I definitely did have an imaginary friend as a kid. You know what? I talked to myself a lot, but I don't know if I had a friend per se. I think I just, I still do it. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just talk to myself, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's there to work out problems. Now in the end, however, children have the ability to make them stop. Like they just kind of taper off. And usually they do this by their preteen years at the latest. Um, and they just, they don't have an imaginary friend anymore. Yeah. I mean, I just stopped doing it at some point. Yeah. Like you just stopped talking to it. Yeah. Um, but tulpas are supposed to be like their own little being. Like they don't go away. That definitely makes them creepier. Yeah. But on the other side of that, we also have the idea of multiple personalities or even hallucinations because tulpas are created with the mind and they have like their own appearance They have their own thoughts and ideas. According to some, tulpas even have their own lives that are completely separate from the hosts. 
So like they go out and do their own thing. And then come back to you and tell you about it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. But could this just be simply multiple personalities? I mean, I uh, feel like it's just an act of imagination, honestly. Yeah. Or could it be hallucinations again? While imaginary friends are able to be controlled, you know, in air quotes, in that the child often lets go of the imaginary friend, tulpas don't disappear. In fact, I've read that a topa will need to be, quote, killed in order to go away. How do you kill an imaginary thing? Oh, boy, are we going to talk about that, too? <laughs> <laughs> now, hallucinations are typically treated with medication. Well, yeah. yeah. But uh, you got to actually talk to somebody to get that medication. <laughs> I feel like tulpas definitely were a thing before we knew what hallucinations were. Maybe. I think that was probably the original explanation for hallucinations. <laughs> it's possible. Okay. But before we like get into a huge discussion on what tulpas could be, let's talk a little bit about the history of tulpas. Okay, then. So the earliest mention of tulpas is in 1929 in the book called Magic and Mystery in Tibet by a woman named Alexandra David Neal. Now, Neal states that tulpas were, quote, phantoms and forms created by magic. So it was just, it was more than just an imaginary friend. You have to go into more than just thinking about them. So it was like a ghost that someone made with magic. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of ritual and stuff apparently with it. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, there is some debate over what Neil considered a tulpa. She states that there's a murky area between tulpas and what the Tibetans called tulkas. They do sound very similar. They do. Now, while tulpas are created by magicians, tulkas are more to do with Buddhas, and it's within the religion, and it's kind of more withstanding. So, tulpas are like witches, and tulkas have to do with Buddhas. Yes, apparently, In look, I did. I tried to read this as best I could uh, from this book, but it's a little weird. I can't but imagine they, why. <laughs> but they consider, well, she said that they consider different kinds of Buddhas, different kinds of gods, maybe levels even, if I'm understanding it correctly. Forgive me if I'm not. Um, and that the Tulkas were meant to be like specifically a god that they could talk to or communicate with. So it was like this thing that they could kind of conjure up to help them through stuff, like yeah. a little friend. That's imaginary? Yeah, perhaps? a little imaginary friend, maybe? <laughs> it, it has to do with religion, and and I don't want to like go too far down that path and make it super offensive, because I really had a hard time understanding that part of it. But apparently they're two very different things, and maybe they were two di very different things because... Neil wanted to make one of her own. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'm not part of this religion, but I would love to have my own imaginary friend. So. Yeah. <laughs> it was said that the Tibetan monks created these tulpas to overcome fears or desires. So, for instance, if a monk had a fear of heights, they would create a tulpa that could approach a cliff with no fear and intern the monk because the monk would have to do it, too. And once that fear had been overcome with the help of this tulpa, the monk could then just dismiss this tulpa as, you know, their purpose has been served. They don't need them anymore. So Neil 
on her travels through Tibet, had become fascinated with the idea of these tulpas. And she decided to make one of her own. Sounds difficult. Sounds like a white person getting into <laughs> something they shouldn't. <laughs> Isn't as that usual, most of history? As usual. <laughs> now, per Neil, she created tulpa of her own through, quote, intense concentration and other rots. So rituals and such. I did not look into seeing how to, what she did to create it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it kind of sounds like she just closed her eyes and thought real hard. Uh, that's essentially it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, she made her tulpa look like a plump, quote, plump monk. That's what she said. Much like a Friar Tuck character from Robin Hood. That seems uh, offensive. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> So as this tulpa began as a subjective figure in her mind, it started to gradually, as she practiced, became more real until she claims that the hallucinations, hallucinations would leave her consciousness and become a more physical entity. So it was like coming to life when she was not hallucinating (laughs) outside of her mind. Right. Yeah. And he started to show up even during times when, like, she didn't ask him to show up. Like, he was just coming up and going, what's up, girl? Has she seen a doctor? <laughs> um, Probably not. Now, she also noted that the plump friar had began to slim down and take on a more sinister form. So, perhaps he wasn't even the same tulpa. Maybe she conjured up something not very... Demonish, maybe? Something a lot worse. Something a lot worse. Now, she said he was, quote, troublesome and bold. Now, I wonder, because I am of the mindset that maybe you could pull things out that you don't mean to. I mean, that makes sense. When, you know, people talk about Ouija boards and things happening that shouldn't. I mean, if we're going on the mindset that she saw these these monks coming up with these tulpas on their own and yeah. she just like saw them doing it and is like I can do that like you uh, know what she did exactly. did she know what she was doing exactly. probably not it wasn't until her companions on their little trip through Tibet began to ask about the quote stranger that had been at their camp meaning that perhaps this tulpa was more than just imagination at this point they're seeing something and it's not just Neil that Neil finally admitted that Okay, maybe this tulpa thing I made has <laughs> gone a little far. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> she said that she decided to try to absorb the entity back into her own mind. However, this entity was pretty unwilling and through several weeks and different techniques, was Neil able to actually even remove the tulpa from its physical form. So she was able to, to get rid of it. That's what she says, yes. Okay, so... This lady wrote a book <laughs> and she said, I saw some people making tulpas so that I made my own tulpa, but he was kind of a dick. So I got rid of him. The end. Yeah. I totally believe her. I mean, it's also in the 1920s. So. Right. A lot of this. Look, I'm even <laughs> shooting down my own story at this point. Like, it's really hard to believe this is really weird. And if you think about the time frame in history, like a lot of mysticism lot of mysticism 
I was mean, popular. I will admit that this was probably very real to people at the time. Well, my biggest thing is, and who knows, maybe they made it up with her. Maybe she just wrote it and said they did. But like if other people are seeing it, that's really strange. It would be pretty strange. But also, like, what are the chances that some stranger could not wander through their camp? Like yeah. a literal stranger wandered through their camp. Yeah. That's not that out of the ordinary, I would say. Well, no, not around those parts either. They're in a foreign country. They don't, like, anybody's a stranger. They yeah, don't know I mean, anybody. <laughs> Hey, if it's not time, they probably look dark and like a shadow, too. Isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> so she says she destroyed it, but how did she destroy it? Now, I couldn't find the exact way she destroyed her tulpa. But everything that I could find says that she used different maced techniques and lots of meditation. So lots of sitting around thinking, please go away. So she thought it into existence, and then she thought it out of existence. You gotta do it. It makes sense to me. However, according to the internet, and take that how you will, (laughs) uh, it says to use symbolism, create thought forms to clear it up, ignoring it also is supposed to destroy a tulpa. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to give you a lot of um, really good sources here. Are you ready? Oh, I am so ready. (laughs) According to howtolucid.com. Legit. Yes. One can easily imagine your tulpa in a white shield where it cannot interact with you and you cannot hear it. Practice this every day, envisioning your tulpa in the shield and that you cannot interact with it until it's finally gone for good. The website also mentions that destroying your tulpa may take longer than it did to create it. So keep that in mind. So the last word on the matter is usually just, hey, use your mind. Right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. For your imaginary friend. Mm -hmm. Your mind is the last say in the matter and will be what eventually destroys the tulpa. Because it's your imaginary friend. (laughs) It makes sense, since you spent a long time creating, interacting, and bonding with it, that there's more to get rid of at that point. But I'd say, like, the best way to get rid of one is to maybe not have one in the first place. So, like, why do you need to get rid of them? Do they eventually turn into little creepy things that come for you? Well... If you're using it in the sense that, I guess the monks were using it, like, you create it for a certain reason. Say, for instance, like, I'm having a ton of trouble speaking in front of crowds. And so this tulpa helps you, you get better at it, and you're like, okay, I don't really need this tulpa anymore. I'm pretty good at this myself. Time to get rid of it. So if you don't get rid of it, does it just, like, follow you around going, you can do it, don't be afraid? <laughs> um, Maybe. Or it just goes rogue. Oh. In Neil's case, anyway. Hmm. I don't know. I have enough trouble with my own thoughts. I don't need another sentient being's thoughts in my mind, either. Right? So, like, we're good. I won't make one. So, now that we know how to destroy one, how do we create one? I'm very interested in this part. Okay. So, as most people do, I went to research on WikiHow. Of course. And uh, I figured it out. There are, in fact, 14 steps to creating a tulpa. 14? Yeah, with pictures, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) What? That's very complicated. (laughs) So, get your pen and papers ready. Here we go. Step one. Think long and hard before creating a tulpa. These are lifelong companions. Clearly not if you can destroy it. (laughs) Step two. Plan out your tulpa. Think about what their personality will be. It doesn't have to be a permanent form. 
Just who you'd like them to be. Okay. Okay. Step three. Plan your tulpa's appearance by either visualizing them or drawing them out. You should not create a tulpa based on any person, living or dead. So no Benjamin Franklin. Okay. If you base them off of a fictional character, make sure that you let your tulpa know that they are only based off the character, not actually that character. That sounds like an important detail. Also, can you make your tulpa an animal? I don't know. The first thing I thought of was Sonic. See, my first thought was I would love to make a giant purple elephant that talked to me. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Step four. Formally plan out your tulpa's personality. Simply explore what personality traits you'd like your tulpa to have. Didn't we already cover this in step two? Shh. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you'd like them to be adventurous or personable. If you were unsure what personality you'd like them to have, that's okay. They will eventually develop a personality of their own. Which, I mean, seems like you're asking but for trouble, but, uh, you know. It's a little ominous. <laughs> Step five. Visualize your tulpa. Again, I feel like we already covered this. <laughs> Shh, we're meditating now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sit down with eyes closed, meditating on your tulpa. Visualize them from every angle. Visualize them how you'd like. Giving them a form in space. It's a mini purple elephant, though. I don't <laughs> want it full size. Just throwing that out there. Oh, yeah. That's smart. Step six, try to touch your tulpa in your imagination. <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> now, Wiki Howe says to reach out and try to feel them. Maybe their hair or parts of their form. Yeah, we're not. Uh, no. Yeah, just keep going. <laughs> it says that when this step is complete, that you will be able to feel their form, but not touch them physically. You'll still go through them. So you can feel it spiritually? I guess so. <laughs> They're there. In your imagination? Oh, maybe it's like, you know, when somebody's standing behind you and you kind of feel them. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, someone is right behind me. Yeah. That's great. That's exactly what I want in a lifetime yep. companion. <laughs> Do this right before bed. <laughs> Step seven, create a scent. This is optional. <laughs> this is where you can create a scent to associate with your tulpa. I'm assuming this is this is more for creating a form for your for your mind. Maybe that. If you smell something that's different, maybe it's not your tulpa that's there. Maybe it's something more ominous. Just something else to help you connect to them. I I think my elephant's going to smell like, you know, when you're a kid, like a strawberry shortcake doll. Ooh, good one. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Step eight. Visualize your tulpa's movements. Imagine how they would move, walk, their expressions, talk. Try a conversation with them and imagine what their reactions would be. Look, I'm starting to see snuffle up, I guess, for you. Yeah, he he's going to be a very um, animated speaker, and he's going to talk with his trunk a lot, oh, like gesturing. And, Does he walk slow or fast? Um, He kind of gallops, because okay. he's, he's like a little baby elephant. Oh, cute. Okay, I like that. Step nine, Wonderlands. This is a place you create for your tulpa to stay and live. It's called Wonderlands? That's what it said. <laughs> Uh, come on, guys, you're not doing yourself any favors here by convincing me that your imaginary friend is not an imaginary friend when you make them in Wonderland. How dare you? This is WikiHow. You're right. You can imagine yourself there with them, too. This gives them a place to be when you are not imagining them. Imagining them? <laughs> <laughs> it also notes to let the Tulpa edit and change their Wonderland how they see fit. So this is their place. God, Mom, this is my room. <laughs> I want your Snuffleupagus to have emo band posters 
Yes. And like 70s flowers with the smiley faces in them. He's going to be in like a... <laughs> this is like, your tulpa, sorry. Yeah, he's going to be in like a field like like Teletubby style, you know, the rolling <sighs> yeah. pastures. Love it. But then he has like the little underground room he can go in and like get his emotions out, <laughs> head bang a little. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Step 10, talk to your tulpa. This is where communication begins. Talk to them about anything, your day, what's on TV, things happening around you. This is supposed to encourage and teach them how to talk. you got to teach them how to talk. Wait, can I just imagine he already knows how to talk? I'm making him, right? Right? Again, this process can take a while, so patience is key. It also mentions a method called parroting or puppeting. It also mentions that this is controversial. It doesn't really mention why, but I'm getting like that Midnight episode from Doctor Who. Yeah, where it just steals all of your brain because it starts copying you. It starts copying you. Yeah, cool. Definitely rethinking this tulpa thing. (laughs) Step 11. Give your tulpa a voice that they haven't already chosen one for themselves. I already gave them one. I did that back in step two. (laughs) They they need to get with the program. They told you to do that already. Step 12. Determine whether your tulpa is sentient. Ways to check for sentience is if the tulpa is replying back in full sentences, has their own opinions, or they do things that you don't expect them to do. God, Mom, it's not just a phase. They may choose to communicate with you in other ways as well, such as using emotions. I don't, hmm. <laughs> okay. I feel like you're getting on board here. <laughs> Step 13. Go for a walk and imagine your tulpa following behind you. Okay, that's adorable. It says to do this until it feels natural. Although I'm not sure that would ever feel really natural to me. <laughs> it's just to remember how your topa walks and in time you'll begin to know and sense when your topa is around. I thought that was the whole point of the smells. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, me too. Yeah, okay. Step 14. Connect with others with tulpas. Find places online or chat with others who have tulpas and find tips on living with tulpas. And even, I guess... Plan a play date for your tulpas? I don't know. Can you just like meet in Wonderland? Do we have to meet in person? Oh, smart. I would meet. Let me meet you in Wonderland with my purple elephant tulpa, who definitely already knows how to talk. I'm not teaching him that. So there you go. 14 steps. You have a tulpa. And I swear, Kim, if you make fun of this and then you go to bed tonight and there's an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Whatever. Uh, why even create a tulpa in the first place? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, you know, like we mentioned before, it was thought that monks would create tulpas to overcome fears, other things in their lives. I feel like I read one about one trying to get over alcoholism and their tulpa helped them. So um, I feel like the way the monks used these tulpas could be legitimately beneficial. Yeah. Like imagining like, I feel like someone they were there. Using it for, for real purposes. <laughs> yeah. Like imagining someone there that's helping you through things that could that could help you through things. Like Honestly, that- psychologically, that seems sound in my mind, but like I feel like Neil took it to a like a way different place. She made it weird. Uh, yeah, I think she was like, "Oh, you guys like have imaginary friends that are real, okay?" And they're like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm just trying to not get scared standing on the edge of this cliff." <laughs> Right? And she's like, but I want a purple elephant that's going to follow me around. Yeah. And instead she got like some weird demon monk. Yeah. (laughs) These days, though, it seems like the general consensus, again, found online, is just to create a friend. Maybe just someone to talk to or just get them through life. In general, a tulpa would be considered a lifelong friend. So why not? Kind of makes me feel a little bad. 
We're the people yeah. who make tulpas. Well, and I mean, that was the general consensus. Like, I made one because I was feeling lonely and I was kind of by myself, blah, blah, blah. And then there were some, like, I just wanted to try it. So, like, Is it, there, it goes both ways. Are there stories out there of people going, I tried to make a tulpa, but it turns out these aren't real? <laughs> Weirdly enough, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Weird. I mean, maybe it's like Santa and you really have to believe in order to make one. So, like. I mean, yeah. Santa's not real either. Don't tell the kids. Kids, God. Just kidding. <laughs> Guys, if your kids are listening to this, they probably shouldn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's many reasons they shouldn't be listening to this podcast besides me saying Santa's not real. <laughs> okay, 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 back on track. What if things go bad? Like, we already talked about Alexander David Neal's experience with her tulpa, but I went online because I kind of wanted to see what others had to say about it. So, as I searched on the good old internet for experience stories, I found that there were a lot of stories that came up from the Tulpa subreddit. Of course, there's a Tulpa <laughs> subreddit. There weren't a lot of Tulpas gone wrong stories necessarily, but there were some that were kind of a bit eerie. But of course, it's Reddit. Take these stories with a grain of salt. Wait, people lie on Reddit? It's not often, but like, mm, every once in a while. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I found an interesting story through Reddit about a controversial tulpamancer named Coomer. Now, it started as a Tumblr blog that is now defunct, but I easily found this story through a third-party Reddit post in a Google search. Like, it wasn't hard to find. Coomer had created a tulpa by the name of Oguiji. That could be wrong. Wait a minute. What? Who? What? What was his name there? Oguiji. Like Luigi? That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> That's what it looks like. That's how I'm going with it. <laughs> It was said that he progressed rather quickly in creating his tulpa, and he was, like, really engrossed in it. He was really, like, obsessed. He would share his work in his blog. Uh, he was known online in various tulpa-related forums, which, again, tulpa-related forums seems weird to say. Yeah. <laughs> but it started becoming clear that Coomer was creating a tulpa not as a friend, but as someone who would take over his own life what yeah according to the story his tulpa oguiji understood and wanted to take over coomer's life in order to protect her host as the switch began and some say possession oguiji would take over leaving coomer as the tulpa so like they're doing a switch here they're doing like a body switch yeah. not like a physical switch blog posts would mention that there was no quote wonderland created which left coomer deprived of tom and sensation. He's just kind of in limbo, I guess. Just floating in the abyss there? I guess so. He wrote that he was losing sense of touch, and there was disconnect with the waking world that was growing. So, like, there was no wonderland for him to go into, so, like, was he just disappearing? Could he or... not, like, backtrack and start making one now, or is it too late for that? Um, I don't know. Okay. Let's hang on. Let's see what happens. Now, apparently, this led a young, inexperienced Tulpa... Now, look, he made it really quickly. Like, it doesn't have a sense of the world. It's a baby tulpa. It's a tulpa. baby tulpa. To take control of a body, it had no way of knowing how to control. It eventually spiraled into drug use, reckless behavior, self-harm, and psychosis. So it was totally the tulpa that was psychotic, not the guy originally. Obviously. Okay. <laughs> Now, according to this Reddit post, Coomer was able to eventually get control back of his body. Maybe when he went on medications or something. Uh, and get help. 
give himself help and even now refuses to deal with anything related to plurality or tulpas. And I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. And apparently, like, I don't think he's, like, on the internet anywhere else. I couldn't find anything else on him after that. So, which, if he got the help he needed, then I would stay far away from the internet, too, I guess. Yeah, me, too. I feel like being on Tulpa subreddits and forums and stuff like that could definitely help shape, I don't know, hallucinations or <laughs> psychosis, stuff like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I did find a post on a Tulpa forum about the Neil, Alexander David Neil's Tulpa as well, that I thought was worth mentioning. The writer mentions that even Alexander David Neil calls her created Tulpa, quote, insignificant, that she merely created it for the sake of creating it. Mm. She just wanted one. Yeah. Then it became less than ideal for her and she had to destroy it. Now, the writer mentions that this was just part of the issue. You know, don't create a Tulpa that you don't want to respect, care about, or acknowledge as its own being. So I should not make a tulpa. No. If you're going to be selfish about it, totally don't do that. Much like having a kid, actually, yeah. now that I've said that out loud. <laughs> if you can't take care of a tulpa, don't take care of kids. Right. It says, quote, treat your tulpa like you would yourself, another person, or a close sibling. Be nice, be respectful, be considerate, and acknowledge that they aren't going to agree with you on everything. They're still on your side, but they have their own choices they want to make, choices that they want to be acknowledged. Look, if I'm going to have a whole imaginary friend that I made myself, it better agree with me. Yeah. Why are you even here? (laughs) So maybe part of the reason that they're rebellious tulpas is that they're not being treated as they want to be treated. So even though it seems like to be all in the mind, the tulpa itself is supposed to be a sentient being all on its own. It deserves the consideration you would give another human being in the physical realm. So uh, give Tulpa rocks. We should make shirts. We should make... Oh, man. We should make Free the Tulpas t-shirts. Tulpas rocks. We got to come up with a better saying. We're going to come up with something about Tulpas rights. Let us know if you want a t-shirt, guys. (laughs) Man. So perhaps making Tulpas as, I don't know... An image of yourself or some kind of sex slave. Again, found that on the internet. I'm so shocked. <laughs> or a slave in general. Or brony material. Whoa. Again, okay. found that on the internet. Yep. <laughs> is not a good idea and it's only setting yourself up for trouble. There's a lot more things that are troubling about that scenario. <laughs> than Was the that whole sentence just wrong? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, again, speaking of Topa's gone wrong. There is a theory that Slender Man is quite possibly a tulpa. Okay, I can get behind this one. Yeah, you like this one? Now, this is a rabbit hole that, like, it was a rabbit hole, and I wasn't going to go, like, down this thing. Like, I've already been too far on the story of tulpas. I couldn't I couldn't keep going. But the main gist is this. Slender Man was created unintentionally through a process called the tulpa effect. Now, this is where a tulpa is created by the collective power of thought, because there were people out there that like believed in some traits of the Slender Man. Okay. Okay. So the made up story of Slender Man caused so many people to believe or think of him that he eventually did become real. Oh. However, much to everyone's relief, I'm sure, it's said that there are now so many variations of Slender Man and his traits that there's no way he could be or ever become a Tulpa. Well, that's good news. Thank goodness. And. As wild as that seems, there's also a theory that even Mothman could have been a tulpa. 
So if we're going to go that route, then doesn't that mean that potentially every cryptid is a tulpa? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was my next argument. Because here's the thing. We had, what, like two people talk about Mothman to begin with in West Virginia, and then everyone else started seeing him? Mm-hmm. So, like, could the stories of Mothman create a tulpa and cause all of these people to have seen him in Point Pleasant? Maybe. And by the argument, does that mean that we create tulpas like Bigfoot, Yeti, Loch Ness, Chupacabra? Is that why we keep having sightings of them, but no real definitive proof? Mm, or is it just that people want to see what they want to see? They are tulpas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're probably tulpas. <laughs> Tulpa cryptids. <laughs> So here's some questions I came up with because I'm a complete freak. Can tulpas make their own tulpas? That's yes. that's a good one. They're sentient beings. Uh, of course, I didn't do a huge search on this, but I did find a couple of claims that, yes, this can indeed happen. It sounded really confusing, and I hit X on my tab. <laughs> I keep picturing, like, the Rick and Morty episode with the Mr. Meeseeks, and <laughs> yes. they keep making more. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, my God. Now, is it possible to force your tulpa into the physical realm? The main consensus is no, but there are claims. Apparently, you know, Alexander David Neal being the most well-known. Okay. So the person who came up with tulpas <laughs> is the only person who's been able to make them real? That weird. Shocker. <laughs> now, Kim, don't look at this one. <laughs> don't look at this on the notes. Okay, okay. I'm not okay, looking. it literally says, oh my God, do I, me, Ashley, have a tulpa? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. Like I said, as for as long as I can remember, I've talked to myself. That's just how I was as a kid. I was by myself as a kid. Like, I had to play by myself. You're sounding Dude. a little depressing here, Ashley. <laughs> I was by myself for a while. Like, we were in the middle of nowhere. Like, I had to play by myself until I went to school. Back off. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as I got older... Like I, I got more sane and less talky-talky out loud. <laughs> but I use this as a form to like, to talk through feelings for myself. Like I still do it to this day. Mm-hmm. Like I just think about it and I'm like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I just do it. It I doesn't mean, I, matter. I definitely talk out loud to myself, but yeah. I'm aware that I'm just talking <laughs> yeah, to nothing. Yeah. Okay. I am aware that, yeah, yeah, I am still, I feel sane, I think. They all say that. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but could I have created a tulpa in my mind to talk to? Do you picture one when you're talking? I don't. Oh. I don't. I feel like it's just me talking to myself. Oh. But anyway. So solid, maybe. I did write it on there. I thought it was funny, but I don't think I have one. I think we're good. <laughs> I may I may try to make my little purple elephant tulpa. <laughs> Do it. I'll update you guys in a couple of weeks. Yes. On whether or not I was successful. Make a Tumblr post. A whole Tumblr blog. Oh, yeah, yeah. It what has are you going to name it? Tumblr. Mm, that's a good question. Okay, think about it. I will. I'm, it needs to be a good name. Yeah. If he's going to be lifelong. It's got to be perfect. Okay. And I'm not trying to make this a religious episode by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. I just wanted to throw it out there because if I had to have the existential crosses, so do you. Naturally. If we were made in God's image, are we tulpas? Oh, yes. That just puts me even more ready to make these rights for Tulpa's t-shirt. <gasps> yes. We all deserve Tulpa rocks. Yes. <laughs> and that's it. The end. Good night. I, I love it. <laughs> it's 
imaginary friends are just super cool. Well, They're I, super neat. Yeah, <laughs> super neat. I just wanted to do a fun one, and this one's weird enough. Like, I feel like this is weird times enough. It was definitely weird. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening. Like us on Facebook at True Crimes and Weird Times Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at True Crimes Weird Times. Email us your stories at truecrimesweirdtimes at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Bye.